This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I tell the fuzzy. Hey. Call the cops. Hey. This level of foolishness hey. enjoy. Houston, hey. we have a hey. dog. I'm just chilling. Hey. Great ass. Hey. Damn it. I'm hey. a very sexy hey. baby. Sicario. Hey. Damn it. Hey. You're a clown if you hey. say fuck. Damn it. Hey. Hey. Yeah, people hey. are going to die. Hey. I yeah, baby. Kate uh. Blanchett, Carol, Brie Larson, Room, Rooney Mara, Carol, Shisha Ronan, Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Harrison Ford? No, it sounds like him. Oh. I should have done it last week because it was. Who was it? It was Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Oh, I thought it was Pacino. <laughs> you thought that was Pacino? Well, because he said great ass in the theme song. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that was Anton Cacino. Yeah. Cacino. <laughs> this was, uh, I must have been 2015. Wow. It was Dennis Quaid reading the Gold, <laughs> Golden Globes in. nominees. Rooney Quaid, Mara. baby. Kate Blanchett. Shisha doo-doo. <laughs> BB oh, Bobo. <laughs> Dennis, for take a seat. I know, and he was in American Underdog, the movie, the Christian film that we did last week. Christian football movie. Wow. Christian. You, missed, you missed that one, but you got this fun one instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was there a call service in that movie at all? <laughs> no, and I I talked about that on I the show. I called a call service after watching that movie. <laughs> call the cops. You know what I mean? Okay, welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. And we're here to have Good Christian <clears throat> Fun. Good Christian Fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, the music and the movies and the entertainment and the movies made for, made by, made about, I think maybe made by a Christian in this case. Maybe not. I don't know. It is mysterious to Questionable me. themes in this movie. So questionable and so on, genuinely fascinating to watch of like, where are we going? Yeah. What are we doing here? Plugged In would have a doozy with this one. And they 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 deigned not to cover it, I believe. I mean, we can, we can check. But when we do these on Zoom, Caroline and I are looking at the laptop at the same time. So usually when I am just browsing Garfield hentai tumblers, Caroline... It, right. It's unbeknownst to her or our yep. guests, and in this case, yeah. Now you need to do it on an iPad on the side. I know, <laughs> or on my phone on or lap. something where it's like smaller. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we're not here to make you go to church or make fun of you. We're just here to have good Christian fun with a movie called Dial a Prayer, a 2015 film starring Brittany Snow and William H Macy. And if you're wondering why is William H Macy in this movie, I found the answer. It's it's strange, and we'll get into it. I was, it. I was wondering. It, it it didn't shock me, and it actually kind of touched me Whoa. in retrospect. I can't he was wait to find out. Yeah. Do you was, think his friends wondering. call him Bill? I hope so. Billy. Yeah. Bill Billy Macy. Macy. Billy Mace. I feel like I've heard people in interviews say Bill Macy, right? Wow. I, Always to be so on jarring. Bill status. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you hear people use the the nicknames they actually call the actors versus their public name. 
like Annie yeah. for Anne Hathaway. So uh, when Annie and I uh, got the script for Armageddon Time, yes. I'm like, shut up. It's yeah, this is, Mrs. Anne to this you. Is in a, it's like calling your t- a teacher you have in elementary school by their first name. Yeah. Uh-huh. It feels What's that. What's up, Jeff? Yeah, it's like, Excuse no. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you heard his voice, and we're going to introduce him properly right about now. Friends and Frokes. Frokes. Friends and Frokes making his... Yep. Triumphant solo return. You may know him Woo. from his many, many podcasts like Hollywood Handbook. Give it the hell up for Kevin Bartell. Wow. Hey, King. I am descending from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're flying in, dude. I have a wire. Whoa. You have a wire? Christmas Wait, pageant yeah, at the, for the police, not for, uh, for me descending. <laughs> He's got a wire. He's got wire pat him the down. cops need to know about this <laughs> no that's like that's that would be like a funny cutaway like uh robot chicken sketch is like the angel he's got a wire and he's like an fbi informant so they shoot yep. the angel instead that is funny. Uh, um, i made angel a glory Gabriel. holes joke that felt very on par with this with this show well, let's hear uh, it when was that bud it was in the group text today uh talking about not my group uh, text who who's nope. the group text identify Name a bunch names. of uh, current and former Earwolf people okay. um, talking about um, Christians overhearing a conversation about glory holes. <laughs> I said, to be fair, that sounds very Christian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, glory hole, you could think of as like uh, like 90s alt grunge culture. You could think of that as like a, a club opening up where it's like, we just serve coffee, no alcohol. Uh, we mm-hmm. have bands play, and maybe they're Christian, maybe not. It's called the Glory Hole, and because even though we yeah. are low, we want to reflect God's glory. I, I could absolutely see that. See, it's beautiful. I it like works. it. I hope to see that film uh, probably in twenty twenty six coming out from Pure Flex. Glory soon. Hole. <laughs> they're running out. They're like, we'll cover it. Glory Hole. They're trying. We're trying to reclaim what Glory Holes are. Our review. It was competent for a Glory Hole movie, but I wouldn't say a lot it of people me. walked out. <laughs> it is one of those things. This is this is true. What I'm about to say, which is, there's many people in evangelical culture that bemoan the. Queer appropriation of a rainbow as a pride symbol uh, for the queer community. And they're like, no, that was God's promise to Noah for the flood and blah, blah, blah. They they took mm-hmm. it from us. So I would like the idea of like the glory hole is like, we're going to take something from them. <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah. taking the glory holes back. We, yeah, we got a no, new movie called Grinder. Trans stands for transubstantiation now. Right. We are we we love the trans community, the transubstantiation community. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two protests, both holding glory hole signs. We're just like driving down Hollywood. Yeah. Now the Westboro Baptist Church just explodes. They don't know what to do. Yep. They don't get it. Kevin, J- thanks for so much for joining us on the podcast again, bud. It's been a couple thanks of years. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. I know it's been too long. I'm so glad to be back. Thanks for uh, uh, enduring my glory hole story. No, it was it was um, a good, one-sentence story. Uh, I really enjoyed... Uh, maybe enjoyed's not the right word. I enjoyed watching this movie for the sake of this discussion. Thank you. Uh, I knew... I probably would never have watched it, but was glad that this was the uh, situation that I was because I knew 
th- from top to bottom, I was like, this can be fun to talk about. Well, Kevin, are you on Letterboxd, by the way? I uh, just got one. You I'm just glad got you bring one? that up. Hey, welcome. I um, only review the food that I'm eating while I'm watching the movie. <laughs> I give every movie a five star. My first review had a typo, so I put a typo in all of my reviews. <laughs> Wow, um, there's you. You're already really binding yourself with a lot of. <laughs> I got a lot of rules. You picked a brand early. Yep. Smart. A lot of rules. Um, my first review, I watched "Always Be My Maybe" with my mom okay. and sister, and I put I drinks a beer, and I did ah, I didn't mean to put drinks. I should have <laughs> put drank, and then I said whatever. I'm keeping it. So I always start them with like I eats or I drinks. It's someone drinks called it like it's my like uh, Jar Jar Binks review. The Jar Jar yeah. community, I'm sure, is set ablaze Aww. by this yep. style. Finally, uh-huh. like representations as a matters or whatever. Is that a exactly? Good Jar Jar? <laughs> my Emma, dad walked Emma, in. Should we cut this out? <laughs> <I'll keep it. laughs> Can that? Can that please be a drop on the theme song? Please, Kevin. Emma, guess what? I'm Emma's praying. not in charge of drops, baby. I know you know how to do it. I know you know oh. you could clip it out. Please. Listen, it's a different game now. Please, no. Okay, so you've joined it. So what I was going to say, Kevin, is that for a movie like this, well, it's not a popular movie. It's not a Joker. It's not a My Best Friend's Wedding, the two most popular movies of all time. <laughs> So many reviews for both of <laughs> the Joker and my best friend's wedding. With a movie like this, where there's so few, you have an opportunity to leave a review. I had the same thought. And for it to be the highest rated review. Yeah. Or well, that's that another movie. thing. Yeah. I give every uh, movie I watch five stars. Right. So yeah. It kind of default will be. Uh, but I'm saying it can be the most liked, most popular review you can amongst rank. readers. Rank. If, if you wanted to. Because, like, be. the top reviews for this movie had like six likes. A and paltry I was like, six I likes. I can do better than that. Well, Listen, I'm going to include this podcast in my review. So, like, maybe you guys might see a surge in listeners Ooh, okay. after this. Finally. Uh, my review. The, the <laughs> I Eats crew and I Drinks crew is going to come yeah. join our hive. The I Eatsers out there will finally. <laughs> Find a home. <laughs> I like to put it like that. It is cute. It's nice to see, you know, like when everyone's watching a movie together at the same time or within a week. I've noticed whenever Blank Check covers a movie, there's a lot of the that review of that movie in my feed. Mm. Back. Or other, yeah, I'm sure that's probably the case with How'd This Get Made or other other popular movie podcasts at the same time. And we're we're calling our shot 2023. We're yeah. going to do that with good Christian fun. That's when, right. when we drop... <laughs> When we drop an episode about dial of prayer, that's all that's going to be in yep. the feed. You're like affecting the stocks, the stock market. Oh my gosh. Because we're hitting them where they live. The the huge, you know, growing population of both letterbox uh, review, reviewers and users and Peacock Premium subscribers. <laughs> yep. Those are the two. I watched this on, um, on Freevee, or is that part of Amazon Prime? There was like commercials. Okay. Freebie might be, or Freebie so might be I the IMDb ex- one. Yeah. Kevin, you I, off I had an interesting experience no. with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm a retired veteran. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched it on Amazon with commercials, and I was um, writing something down right as the most jarring thing happened. Brittany Snow's character says, um, uh, "Hi, this is Dial of Prayer," and then it cut to without me noticing this. This is Detective Harry Bosch from LAPD. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? 
I thought maybe Chase was a murderer. And I was like, finally, he's getting called out for it. But it was like the moment I looked down was the most seamless. This is Dial of Prayer. And then Dialogue. this is Harry Bosch, LAPD. Mm. Um, Bosch and Dial of Prayer are in the same universe. Absolutely. Canonically in the movie. <laughs> you want them to be. And you do, you know, like now because of Marvel and everything should be Marvel. Every movie should connect to another movie. Agree. That yeah. when a movie doesn't connect to another movie, I'm mad mm-hmm. by the end yeah. of it. I don't get it. I get pissed off. I'm like, where is it happening? Okay, though? then who comes by <laughs> afterwards? Yeah. Well, I watched all the the credits for like a silly post-credit sequence a la Marvel. So I was kind of disappointed about that. Or even a silly little sound yeah. effect of like you hear another phone ringing. Oh, who could Ooh. it be? Another prayer is coming. Uh, but before Thor we get into answers the, the phone. <laughs> Before we talk about the movie, Kevin, <laughs> he'd be good at it. Yeah. I would mm-hmm. like to ask you about a sort of uh, cleansing fire of your own in your own life of the last couple of months. Have you talked about this publicly I have. that much? Okay, a little bit. I um, I uh, bought a house in twenty. I had an event. I had an eventful twenty twenty two. I bought a house in May. Ooh. In June, it set on fire. Oh. God's <laughs> judgment. <laughs> oh, no. Yep, God's judgment. I a uh, portable cell phone charger exploded in my garage when I was sleeping with my girlfriend and set our garage on fire. Do you think fire. that's why it exploded? Because you were sleeping with your girlfriend? Yeah, and we're not married yet. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Probably, yeah. So, so I'm just saying, it's like you're, you're putting those events together, but not really linking the Yeah, they're the so close together. Effect. <laughs> that's like, yeah. you know, postdoc, ergo, prop. It's pretty eye-opening I mean. hearing yeah. it back now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it uh, incinerated our garage. Our house is fine, fortunately. Um, no one just, was hurt. No one was hurt. Everyone's okay. It just um, uh, has taken several, several months to kind of get back up and running. So mm-hmm. our house is back to normal and our garage is still pretty bare. Um, so, yep, just kind of slowly been recovering from that, dealing with uh, an insurance person who alternates between vacations and being sick since the fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I kind of respect it. Um, I need to Half a honestly. Year? Yeah, I need to take a, a page from his book. He does have a public Instagram, which I often peruse. <laughs> you found? Oh, immediately. Um, and we'll save that plug for the end of the show, but I am excited to get the word out on him. Yep. him. Did you find his letterbox? I got to look him up on letterbox. What if he reviews movies the same way you do, and you're like, oh, damn. Is this what I sound like? This is my brother. Um, he throws something called RBPs, which I was not familiar with. It stands for Rock Band Party. Uh, oh where my he gosh. has 40 people over at his house <gasps> and they all play rock band together. No. Not like 40 guitars at the same time. Uh, there's like two or three people playing drums, guitar, and vocals, and then 37 people all singing along. <laughs> so our theory is he spends all week prepping for his RBP instead of helping us with our incinerated You garage. know what would rock is helping me get my <laughs> money back, man. Maybe you need to challenge him to a, a shred-off, and then he'd finally show up to work. I do have a fantasy about uh, just appearing in the back of his party, working my way up, <laughs> shredding in a song, and everyone stops and goes, who's that? And then I do the kind Hotel of a California one-on-one riff. face-off. Yeah. But maybe destroy that's, him. that's the whole deal. Like, you got to think about it like the menu, like that movie of like, how do you outsmart him and yep. give him the thing he needs so you get the thing you need? Exactly. And if he yeah. understands 
what you do in that game, he'll finally respect you and solve your claim. I do think it is a respect issue. So stay tuned. 100%. Uh, I'm sure by the next time I'm on the podcast, he'll have responded to my text today saying, hope you're feeling better. Just checking in again. (laughs) (laughs) Which is nice of you. That's a nice thing. R- R- yeah. RBP. The notorious RBP RBPs. now. There's got to be a new one since she's <laughs> I'm hoping it's RIP to RBPs oh, until my house is back. Oh, that's right. Damn, that's fair. That's You're going to be the MVP of his life. Yep. I always wondered through like an insane crisis like that where you literally lose your house, at least temporarily, and you have to depend on the kindness of other people. What that what that does to an MF, man. What yeah. happened to you? Like what, what was the experience that you had with people and your friends and your community. Oh, it was it was extremely emotional. I mean, so many people just like showed up that day. Like uh I, you know, texted close friends and stuff and people just dropped what they were doing, came over and were like helping. Aww. My parents flew out that day from Chicago. Oh my gosh. Um oh. Yeah, I didn't ask this of anyone either. I wasn't expecting anything of anyone. Um, but I don't know. I think people just kind of like showed their true colors and were extremely uh, helpful and, uh, and generous. And it was both like the worst day of my life. And I wouldn't say the best, obviously. Uh, probably far from the best. But the best in that I was reminded of like how kind people can be. Like mm-hmm. neighbors who I've never met you know, helping us out and stuff um, just because they felt bad seeing what was what was happening and stuff. So it was, you know, ex- extremely hard, much harder for my girlfriend who ran her embroider- embroidery business out of her garage and lost all of that and yeah. is, is slowly rebuilding that. Um, but um, yeah, it was just kind of uh, this jarring experience of like 40 people entering our home over the course of like, a couple days, um, kind of assessing all the damage and stuff, and then just like close friends, and then like my parents and stuff, just trying to see what they could do to help. Um, wow, it was it was crazy. Um, I like to think that I was like helpful and like kept my cool, but it was also just like um, to be completely honest, I cried more from like the generosity of people than I did from like the fire. Yeah. Um, you just don't. I don't know. Um, you don't really expect. Uh, not that this says anything about my friends. I think this is just my pessimistic headspace. Is like you just don't expect people to like uh, go out of their way and be like, "What do you need?" I'm I'm on my way and stuff. Um, mm. And it was just extremely touching. So um, it was, yeah, it was really hard. Um, but it's it's coming together. Just the insurance people, unfortunately, don't really care about how quick we're back up and running. Um, so it's just kind of like, we're kind of at their mercy. Um, so we've thought about like changing and trying other people, but I kind of am in a mentality of like, we're in too deep. So just kind of like keep going with the people that we're working with. But uh, yeah, it was, it was wild. I, you know, think about it. It affects us every day, probably for the next six months too. Wow. So it's just it's been uh it's been wild. That is profound. Just sorry to bring the room down. And, no, uh, no. Bum out all the listeners. I wasn't bummed out. I was like that was nice cuz it is cool. You know, the fire exposed the beams and the structural integrity of I your you relationships. Said the beams. <laughs> 
the fire exposed the beans is what I thought Caroline said. But yeah, she beans. said beams. Mr. Beans. So, yeah. um, it was him. He said the fire. So that's really cool. Yeah. yeah I, I don't even know like what I would, like where do you begin? And so to have all those people rush in and probably mm-hmm. not also knowing what to do, but just being there to help you out and carry the burden. That's so yeah. cool. And even your neighbors who are total strangers at that point, um, yeah. already acting neighborly. Lucky you. Yeah, it was it was wild. Um, my girlfriend has since she got uh, a few machines uh, now new machines because hers uh, burned, uh, and her first T-shirt that she made is called uh, Holy Smokes, uh, that you can buy <laughs> at rollyhog.com, I believe. Shoprollyhog.com. I, I would encourage this. your girlfriend Rollyhog.com. to um, start mm-hmm. going digital with her work though, because. Um, we just can't afford that again. You know, this sort yep. of problem. It was a lot. <laughs> it should have been in the cloud. Uh-huh. Uh, the t-shirt should have been in the mm-hmm. cloud? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. Put the shirt in the Candy cloud. Work is so... risky that way. <laughs> I know. That's what I should have told her. That's so sad. That was probably like months of, of work. Like embroidery is not, yeah, that's oh, yeah. not quick work. So I, yeah, can't imagine. Yep. Years and years of work. No, gone. No, um, no, no, but no. she's been rebuilding right now. Um, she had a literal fire sale because we got some of the stuff back that was like partially burned, but like clean ish. So she discounted a bunch of stuff that's and put it on sale and stuff. Um, and, and, and that yeah, that's be... at rollyhog.com if anyone wants to Rollyhog. buy a shirt. She's got a bunch of great stuff on there. What's um, that? Sorry. I said go help him out, rollyhog.com. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask something. What kind of cell phone uh, pack was it? I got to go get rid of all those. I should know the brand. Um, That's so crazy. It just exploded, like randomly combusted. I don't know. It was in a backpack that she hadn't used. And someone tried to be like, well, that's why you don't charge those things overnight. She hadn't used it in months. It was just sitting in a backpack um, in in our garage. And uh, yeah, it just exploded and uh, set all of the material on fire. And then like... You know, we woke up to like a garage window like shattering on the ground, and I was like, "What's that?" Oh, and then smoke alarms, smoke house covered in smoke and stuff. Um, it was crazy. Yep. So we since have a like fireproof bag that we keep all batteries in, and like fireproof safe and stuff like that. Mm. So got a bunch of fireproof equipment now, in fear of like I guess batteries combusting. I think there's a few takeaways that people listening to this could hear of like, one, what happens when, you know, not like you're trying to test your friends, but when, you know, the strength of a community is tested and how they show up. And then two, these freaking phones, man, that we're always These freaking phones. It just reminds me of a Black Mirror episode. Yeah, that's like kind of what you're describing is like an episode of Black Mirror, if you think about it. Well, and and something that was, I'm going to share something very gossipy, which I feel a little guilty about. I've never said on mic, so I'm going to be very vague about it. Some friends overpromising things and then never addressing it again. Oh no! Worse, worse than people who didn't say anything at all, in mm. my opinion. Uh, people yeah. calling and making like big claims about how they're going to help, and again, I didn't ask for anything, so grateful for anything. Uh, and then. Last I hear about yeah. it, um, which whatever, but I I don't know. I, I I think about a few moments like that a lot, where someone says like, oh, "I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that." Oh, thanks. You don't. You literally. You don't have to do any of that. Oh no, no. I insist. And then, 
ghost. Yeah, hard, to, hard to forget. Pretty you interesting. Know, I I am now going through my texts with you and seeing which category I fall into <laughs> of people. If I overpromised I think, no, you, or not. You reached out. Uh, I you were did. Extremely nice. I think yeah, you underpromised. No. You said, "Hey, you know, so sorry. Don't expect me to come I'm by." I'm gonna be pretty useless here. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible with paint. Uh, not your guy for that. Uh, no, you are extremely <laughs> Dude, nice. You You're always God. extremely nice. Oh, thank um, you. But it, and even if that wasn't the case, I would want to take full responsibility of it on air. Ooh, no, a couple of unresponded to texts. That's okay. No, uh, we just have delays in our. We do. Yeah, responses. you're right. But that yeah. doesn't bother me at all. Oh, good. Um, okay, good, good, good. Anyway, yeah. Soup. But you know, extremely grateful for people being uh, the real friends. generous. Yeah, you don't you don't expect, I don't know, you don't like wake up and think like, oh, I I wonder how nice people are going to be today. You just go through your day and do whatever and then Weirdly, something I do think that. <laughs> <laughs> uh then something horrifying happens and then all of a sudden like your phone is flooded with loving messages. It was I don't know. I think I literally think about it every day. Extremely grateful oh. for it. So It's like a terrible uh, gift, right? Cuz it's like Yeah, exactly. It it's mm-hmm. so great. But you obviously wish you would have never had to be in the position to receive it, but you're grateful to have gotten it in the first place. So yep. It's like one of those weird contradictions to live with. It, absolutely. Yeah, a thing that I wish, you know, never would have happened, but also caused all this extremely, you know, all these feelings that I was just overwhelmed with, with love at like the same time. It was mm. crazy. But it's a thing I also talk about in a video I made. Hey. A little transition to my own That's plug. Right. Yeah. Called Where the Potty At. I made a uh, two-part video review of a podcast. If that sounds confusing, I understand it is. Um, I made a fake podcast with some of my friends and um, kind of made like an educational video about podcasting. And in part two... Um, which is paywalled, where I get a little more comfortable. Uh, talk about you this like fire. Take clothes and, off, or what happens? Yep, I get naked. Uh, not that I hyper critique my parents, and one of them ends up watching it and have a Ooh. blunt conversation with them um, over the holidays. Uh, I also talk about the fire in more detail and show like videos and stuff that I've never posted before. So. Um, and people can find that on YouTube where the potty at, and then where is it yep. for the second part? Part two is paywalled on the, uh, flagrant ones, Patreon. It's available on there. Um, but I started it before the fire and then it dropped, um, in mid December. Um, so it was wild writing it. I wrote like a 30 page script for it and it, uh, changed obviously, um, not significantly, but I don't know. The fire changed my life, and so I write a lot about it in um, in the second half. Um, and it also, you know, caused it to be delayed. I think pretty significantly, mm. but uh, you know, it <laughs> it significantly impacted my life, and I wanted to talk about it. So, uh, yeah, in, in part two, I talk about conflict management and my experiences with it, but then. Basically how, um, kind of like how the the way you're raised can positive, like negative things, in my opinion, negative things in the way that you're raised can positively impact you. 
So like the example I give is like my parents have two very different ways of managing conflict and both of them I think are kind of negative. I don't think either of them are like preferred, but I learned from that even as a kid and was like, I don't want to react that way. Sure. And then when the fire happened, I think I like reacted a much better way than like, you know, one of my parents would have reacted. Um, So I don't know. It's just kind of fascinating how, uh, the way we were raised, um, even negative things can have a positive impact on you. And probably, contrastly, positive things can have a negative impact on you. Like, you get comfortable with the thing, and then maybe you uh, are just used to it. I don't know. I think you're um, more or less outlining one of the primary theses theses of this mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. Which is like... Everyone defining or redefining their own identity yeah. in, in the absence or presence of faith or the deconstruction of it, especially as they get and gain more distance from it. So you did a version of that as well, it sounds like. I mean, I also did that with my experience with religion, too. And mm-hmm. um, I was much more—my mom was a Catholic school teacher for uh, 20 years. She just retired last year. And um, I, like I said on, on my last episode, I went to Catholic school for 10 years, and— I had a very like anti uh Catholicism, anti Christian experience in after eighth grade when I stopped going and then throughout high school and college and my first few years in LA. And I think so much of it was just reacting to being forced in this, you know, religion that I didn't agree to. Um and now I feel like I have a much more like open, you know, um uh, you know, accepting, uh, I don't know, state of mind, like headspace of, of people and like what they practice. And, you know, as long as they're not harming others or themselves, I'm like, great, you know? Um, but I definitely had like the rebellious, like this, this sucks, whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, but I don't know. And that's what this movie was so fascinating to watch too. Cause it's like, I can, you, you can see the characters that are like, yeah, I could see why this is comforting, you know, like for different, for different reasons and stuff. Like you can see why a character is like, um, feels religion as a, uh, a sense of like calm, I guess. Um, and although this movie was bizarre, um, there was characters that I'm like, yeah, I know 40 of those. So, 40. It was fascinating. <laughs> you know, it was not as 40. not as like bad as I thought it was going to be. And it was bad, but um there is some character I don't know. It was fascinating fascinating watch. Sorry, I'm rambling. No, you good. Well, we want to get into it, but we'll take a break first, Kevin. Thanks for sharing a little life update for us. Where the potty at, you can find everywhere where Kevin said you can. YouTube and then patreon.com slash the flagrant ones. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more good Christian fun. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for 
my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive into the topic. Kevin, have you ever seen a faith-based film before? I've seen some Hallmark movies that I can't remember the titles, which I feel like is faith adjacent. It's, I feel yeah, like there's been some religious, mm-hmm. I guess, Veggie Tales yeah. um, as a kid. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I went to Catholic school for 10 years, so I definitely think there were some like movie times where we watched some religious movies that sure. I can't really remember. So yes, but I can't name them off the top of my head. Okay, because picking this film, I was not sure. I was not sure halfway into this movie if it was a faith-based movie. I don't think it is. It's odd, and I think the answer is no, but Mm -hmm. it is made in such a way that if I had it on mute, I'd be like, this is a faith Yeah, it's like faith-friendly. Yeah. Yes. But they say fuck in it. And they they almost fuck in it, too. I mean, it's implying that they do. (laughs) Let's, I think I'll share the screen with you. Let's watch like a little trailer just to get a little bit of context for the listener. Dial a prayer. Dial a prayer. It's PG 13 for drug use and some suggestive material. Oh, 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 look, our new recruit. Welcome, player. Dial a prayer. How may I pray for you today? Oh, this rash. Can't you stop the itch? My dick. <laughs> My dick hurts. This is Carl. He told me he wouldn't do it again if I gave him a third chance. Well, and I think you should tell your husband to go to <laughs> A woman called and asking for you specifically. That seems not in the movie. You made a real difference for her. <laughs> you are a rock star. Hi. Excuse me. I'm looking for someone whose name's Cora. You saved me. No, no, this isn't happening. You go find those keys, girl. Praise God! I don't deserve to be in there with those freaks. Now, I understand you may be adjusting, but do I really have to remind you why you're in there? <laughs> do you know that, you're still that, the subject that, that. of every dinner party? What happened to you? Dial a prayer. This is Cora. Remember me? 
Okay, this is enough. This is enough for the trailer. Wow. Woo! Oh my gosh. It's all rushing back. The experience of watching this movie was really, it really threw me. Yeah, it threw me too. I, I, I did over three yeah. sittings. <laughs> I just like, I, I, I didn't space it out that much. Uh-huh. We'll get into this and why, but so many scenes I think were supposed to be uh, an uplifting or inspiring or just real. Yeah. And instead, I was left with the most hollow, empty sadness, <laughs> like just a, a chill down my spine <laughs> with all of this movie. Uh, that really confused me. Why do you think that is? A hollow, empty chill. <laughs> what what got you there? I think I was just so, I was so like scared of the people that were in her life. Like they me were too. just really yeah. weird There's and one off-putting. turn it could make where it becomes a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like felt like there was time. four turns. Where totally, could, totally. Like, yeah, and I'm like, these are the good people in her life. Like I was so confused. And uh, I felt like I was missing the message and just, yeah, yeah, really freaked out. Yeah, it was written and directed by a woman named Maggie Kiley, uh, who I was reading a little interview with her, and she talked about the way that she met her husband. I believe his name is Matthew Puckett. Yeah, it's Matthew Puckett. He did the score for this movie. Okay. So they're a little husband-wife duo. And she talks in this one interview about the way they met. And she said she was applying for a job. Uh, at a, okay, she was the manager of a New York steakhouse while supporting her own artistic ambitions on the under end of the line. She said, my future husband called this restaurant where I was working and there was this instant recognition to his voice. Kylie, who quickly found a connection with the stranger. I'll never forget that moment. It was almost like the future was saying, pay attention, this is someone. So the central romance of this movie in which a man calls this dial-a-prayer hotline and talks to Brittany Snow, this stranger, mm-hmm. is based on an IRL. This man, oh. my future husband, called me in real life, yeah. and I knew that he was going to be my husband or oh, that this weird. is someone to pay attention to. So that part was emotionally autobiographical. I guess my question, my follow-up question to that would be like, did he follow you when you were on your smoke break and just like show up and be like, it's me? Did you also kill his mom in an accident or harm her and then he found you for revenge but then fell in love with you when he saw you after stalking Un- you at work? Unreal <laughs> plot. Like, this is one of those where I was like, at first I was like, this is so paint by numbers. And then maybe like 20, 30 minutes in, I'm like, this is not a, a pure flix joy. What am See, I watching? See, that's what I liked what about I it was I was expecting a very like spoon feedy, like Christian movie. And, and it definitely like has that throughout it. But for better and for worse, probably more for worse, I was like, I don't know what the fuck is happening. Okay, thank you. I'm glad I wasn't alone. Yeah, so yeah. so just to summarize it for the listener who may not have watched it, and you can if you uh, subscribe to Peacock Premium, or there's a version of it with subtitles on YouTube. With commercials that are incredibly timed. <laughs> <laughs> a troubled young woman working at a prayer call center makes a difference in other people's lives forcing her to reconcile with her troubled past with the faith she brings on in others. And so, when she teams up with Detective Bosch. And yes, so when exactly. Bosch gets in the mix, <laughs> mysteries are going to get solved. It stars real actors. Brittany Snow, Glenn Headley, William H. Macy. William H. Macy is involved in this movie because Maggie Kiley is a riot director, but she's also an actress. And she was a part of David Mamet, famed playwright and libertarian now, I guess. 
in William H. Macy's theater company, The Atlantic, in New York. So Macy was a sort of mentor figure to the woman who wrote and directed the movie. So I have to imagine— her a solid. I think that's what it was. I think that's Mm -hmm. what it was. He is another great example because he plays her boss at the call center, and he's kind of like a true believer, you know, positivity Christian, is like— so good at giving— But um, also dumb and does not know Christianity. Also kind of mm-hmm. dumb. Great at giving, mm-hmm. you know, uh, inspirational speeches to the team, you know. And then she expresses some cynicism about it. And he turns so scary. So scary. Out of fucking nowhere. Very and, handsy. Like, backs her against a wall. And it's yep. in the trailer. And he's like threatening her with, he's like, you want to go to jail? I guess this was some sort of court arrangement, like um, voluntaries or uh, volunteering service. But it was mm-hmm. like, again, very close to the horror film. I was like, this guy's hurt, harming her. <laughs> like, this is just the beginning of a rampage of terror at her work that's supposed yeah. to be uh, fun and nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, very scary. I don't know jail what that was. Jail seems safer than him at times in the movie. <laughs> I was like, I'd take the jail. The whole movie, it doesn't really unfurl. Why does she have to do this community service in the way of prayer hotlines? Which, if if you didn't know, Kevin, are real. They do exist. Caroline and I did call into some for a a second service of like a year or two ago. Um, And the Russia, the event that led to her needing to do this is kind of kept from the audience for a long time. To the point that by the end of it, I still wasn't sure what it was was that she did. And it, so, yeah. It would appear, it actually pieces together by watching interviews with Brittany Snow, Brittany the Snow from uh-huh. Hairspray. From you may Pitch know Perfect. her as uh, Selling Sunsets, Tyler, his ex wife. That's right, because they did divorce last year mm-hmm. um, or at least separated. Uh, and, selling and, OC, sorry. Not selling selling OC. I'm sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> and it turns out the reason is because she was a part of a gang. That hates Christians and was vandalizing okay, okay. churches. Is that it what a, it was? I thought it was a cult or a cult. I because guess. oh, it was for a like, second I thought you were talking about why they split up, like the actual couple. Oh. And I was like, wow, <laughs> it was part of a gang they of were a realtors hating <laughs> realtor gang. Yeah, I because th- I felt like her mom was saying like when you were back with those people, and then again another very very scary man comes back into her life and was like. We, you're supposed to be with us, like where you belong. Like, come back. And he was one of the people that she had destroyed the church with. And so then mm-hmm. I thought, like, oh, this was clearly like a cult she was in mm-hmm. that, you know, she got caught up in. Her I guess so. Had to escape. And there's, there's these vague gestures towards, hey, you didn't know that she was in there. You couldn't have known. I was yeah. like, who Did was they in kill where? Somebody? Is she dead? And so, so confusing. Let's back it up too to she talks to a man on the phone, someone who calls in to the prayer hotline, which deals with everything from the grief of losing a pet, years, Dexter, to people with rashes, to people in clearly not working, functional Mm -hmm. relationships and marriages Mm -hmm. and stuff. And then a man calls in and then shows up to the call center because he felt a real connection with her. How, How does he know that it's her, though? I that, mean, if I that, walked into that office, I would know that it's yeah. her that I talked to. No, sorry. Not that he knows, like, the voice to the woman, but, like, does he... Is his reason for calling to truly, like, grieve, or is he trying... Did he find out, like, this is the... Like, did he find oh, yeah. out, like, the police report of, he like... He did, right? Yeah, because he was trying to, like, hunt yeah. her down. He so, told her eventually. So the twist that's eventually revealed 
is that the man who is her love interest that he feels a connection with her and then they, he shows up is the son of the woman that she accidentally murdered? Is I she think dead? she's alive. Where? Because he said, like, we had to put he her in a home for a while, oh, okay. but, like, she's okay. I mean, this, <laughs> this, this movie is a brisk hour 33 minutes or so, and I'm like, I need 20 more minutes. Uh, you it know, felt like I, they took out a scene, <laughs> like every other scene is edited out of the movie. I, totally. I like when movies assume I'm intelligent, you know, and can put things together. They don't yep. just spell it out for me, a la Babylon, you know, with a montage at the end telling me what the lesson is. But I'm not Benoit Blanc. Like, I couldn't <laughs> put this together. Like, what was happening with these people? And honestly... The guy who we find out later, you know, was the son of a woman she accidentally harmed. Um, even before they did that, when we're working with the rom-com, you know, uh, interval of their relationship that's supposed mm-hmm. to be them, like, creating a, a vibe, I thought was also really weird because she looked the sad. lie that he told her was that he was basically considering harming himself when he had called in and she was so great with her prayer that it saved his life. Which is sweet, but not a great way to kick off a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, I think. And also, just he kept saying, like, there's just something in you. And I, d- I like, see your light and I believe in you. Like, it felt very worshipful and not very, like, a, a real relationship. It was really strange. And again, I was like, something's off here. Like, this guy's going to murder her or something. I don't know totally. what I'm supposed to take away. There's so- even things where it's, like, the first time they get coffee together— um, he orders her coffee for her, and I'm like, "Don't drink." You didn't see the waitress like pour it. Like, don't <laughs> yes, drink exactly. that. Like, he yes. he put something in it. There's all these like little things that are, are yeah seem so creepy. The scene that I like talking about wanting to see more. I want to see the scene where he tells his mom that he's dating her. Um, <laughs> oh my and, god! And see right? like that discussion. That could have been the post credit scene that we were talking about where it connects to a different movie. <laughs> two, po- yeah. two post credits I would like to see. That, and I want to see the volleyball game in full. Top to bottom. Let's That's see that. Right. I also I want to see six more minutes. Uh, bloopers. You know, when Will yep. and H. Macy is harassing her at work. Um, can we up. talk about the scene where she um, runs over a woman? <laughs> Yes. I took this to be, so she's in her car. Is this before she goes low-key viral for being so good at talking people (laughs) on the phone? (laughs) Because she does, as is the want of any movie post-2010, goes viral. Uh, She's driving in her car, and then she hits a woman out of nowhere. She gets out of her car, and then the whole town is gathered around, and she's checking in on the woman, and she seems to have some sort of recognition. And then the scene lasts so long that one by one, everyone starts peeling off, and then she's looking at nothing on the ground. Yeah, and the woman like gets up. We never see her face, Mm -hmm. and she's like, it's okay. I'm fine. Everything's Mm -hmm. fine, and then walks away. And then there's the man standing behind Brittany Snow. Was blurred out. Do you think Smoke. that's the love interest who was behind her? <laughs> I took that to be okay. My, I think this was very obviously supposed to be an angel visit mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it was such a weird thing. The lady she hit, I guess, like wasn't real or it didn't really happen. That didn't really happen, is my thing. And then yep. the guy that is standing behind her is just offering comfort and like. Do you need anything? I'm right mm-hmm. here. You're going to be okay. And then he disappears without her ever seeing his face, which yep. I feel like is a very common, like, women's daily magazine angel story, like, stock mm-hmm. right there, you know? Yep. 
Guardian Women's Angel. Daily Magazine Angel story. <laughs> I read a lot of this growing up. <laughs> I mean, this um, movie is yeah. deceptively complex. It is complex. It, See, that's what I like about it, yeah. though. Like, I was, I was expecting, I was waiting to be bored, but it was so confusing and baffling that I was like, I'm kind of in. Like, I, I have know, no idea what's going out. on. Well, and there's like elements that you recognize of... A yes. fish out of water in a, yep. a very religious environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Faking man, it till you make it. A man, a man mm-hmm. and a woman falling in love under false pretenses. Usually it's like, oh, you know, the false pretenses. I pretend I was rich, but I'm actually poor. It's not usually, mm-hmm. I pretended that you didn't manslaughter my mom, but you yep. kind of did, <laughs> I think. Did they I burn down the like church? I I wasn't planning on harming you. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. The opening credits I do forget are them busting open statues of Mother Mary outside of a yeah. church, which bummed me out because we never get to see her actually swinging the bat. We just see the close up of the bat smashing Mary. But I was like, the yeah. implication obviously is like it's her. I guess we see her with like the lighter at one scene, but we keep coming back to this baseball bat shot of Lomo. Mary getting smashed. And then we never see anyone actually really do it, I think. Kevin wanted to see it. Um, that Kevin, not a, this Kevin. I don't <laughs> like violence. There, there was a cut um, talking about like the top of the intelligence thing that really threw me off where we go from the volleyball game to, I believe, a flashback of the night of the fire. I mean, no, no, not the night of the fire, but we, we cut to a, a rock band show not yeah. RBP, not Rock Band Party. <laughs> no, um, different. <laughs> different party. And that's a flashback. But there is no, to me, there's no way that we should know that it's a flashback. So we go from like this fun volleyball game to this show. And then I'm like, what happened? Like, what's going on? And then I realized, okay, I guess this was earlier. I don't know. It was all. Yeah. There's nine yeah. things I could bring up right now where we're like, oh, yeah, that was a part of it. One of mm-hmm. which is Meredith from The Office comes down with cancer. Yeah. Yes. Side Flannery, like, probably dies at the end of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kate, Kate Flannery might die at the end. She's one of the call, you know, the dial a prayer workers. Yep. Alongside, and she's nice. She's nice to Brittany Snow. Uh, yeah. Cora, that's the name of her character. Yep. Also, the metaphor of the snow, which is what we end on for for the the man who's the romantic interest, Chase. I guess his name is uh, scary the, Chase. Scary Chase. The the metaphor or the device of like he he said when I was a little kid, I did some crazy Google searches. I was like representation. <laughs> that rock, like taco. Saw too much. Yeah, I, w- I was looking for different cities like Taco or there or somewhere. Yeah. And then, and I don't even, I'm not quite sure what the, what, <laughs> but the whole time I said out loud many times to Dexter, what is this movie getting at? There, there's so many lessons to be learned. <laughs> there's so many little nuggets of wisdom. For example, you know, uh, don't sleep train your, your babies like, Cora's mom did, or you'll live with decades of regret for some reason about that. Oh, that it's I always, wrote that it's down too. I'm going to start gut. saying to my friends, I should never let you cry as a baby. <laughs> Weird. Which is so strange. And then when she, con- 
She confronts her dad, who is gone all the time, they but say. But he's there in like five We're scenes. unsure why he's just gone. Maybe he's an absent father or something. But he was close enough to kind of help her. He was the one that hooked her up with the call center job, I guess, as a way to get mm-hmm. her out of... What, what was half a year of jail for smashing statues? I guess she almost hit a lady. Anyway... She confronts him and said, the reason that she did this. And we're like, oh, the reason. Like, why did she get into church smashing game? But she said she wanted to feel something. And she wanted to be seen. That's why I vandalize. (laughs) Anytime Um, I do. It would have been really funny if her dad said to that, you know, you almost killed someone, right? And I, like, got you out of jail. Like, can we just acknowledge that? Like, yeah. look, I know there's things I don't understand about your generation. I'm a boomer. I know I don't get the internet. But there's, yeah. like, a million ways to be seen now, right? Like, yes. start a podcast. I don't know. Yeah, start get a on podcast. YouTube. If only he had um, been around so to help wild. her start a podcast. So all of this could have been avoided. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's definitely the authorial print of a real person behind the movie, which is not what we can say for a lot of movies, even in this, like, ballparking zone. And I think the premise, the the bone-level premise of a woman has to work at a prayer, a call-in prayer center as community service for some crime she did, I think you could give that premise to, like, nine different directors and yep. they could make really good movies. Oh, I agree. I think that's like sent an, an interesting and there were interesting things. The fact that her catharsis in the movie is not and then I didn't believe in God and now I do. You know, it was not yes. that. No. It was more about like I like how she like remained skeptical like throughout yeah. it. Which mm-hmm. why to me it didn't feel like at an overly preachy movie because there are in even like William H. Macy and stuff I'm like they're, they aren't painting him like a great guy, like uh, and some of the other characters too, um, which was why I, I was I was expecting more like kind of spoon feeding of like oh and now she's super religious and yeah, like Christians everyone are all good people after. and yeah everyone like, else is like bad yeah it was a good I don't know I kind of liked. Some, yeah. some of those parts. One of them that made me laugh was, guys, looks like we're all working overtime. And then everyone <laughs> like, cheered. <"Yay!" laughs> um, yeah, they have, a, they have a prayer dial on the wall for some reason. Which never goes past yellow, by the way. I like that we never see it like go all yeah. the way up. It's like remains. The levels are listening, helpful, a difference, above and beyond, and redeemed, which yeah. is in the cloud. So Amazing. I guess that's when they die. Yeah, the rapture. It, yeah. It is. Um, um, we see we see Caro attempt to save a man at the end who definitely dies, and then she um, like I, I I believe kneels over him with the intent of like saving him in the style that she did with like the angel. I didn't I didn't yeah. think that she was like giving a prayer until the very end. It kind of seemed like she maybe was giving up. So for the listener who didn't see it, a custodian during a volleyball game dies. And she walks over. He's not playing volleyball. He's he's just. I wish he was. (laughs) He's just Uh, watching. Got too excited. Yeah, we'll be running around probably. Um, (laughs) He dies. She walks over. Both times when characters die, it is like completely silent. No one is really screaming or anything. You just kind of hear a thud, and then the opposite reaction of what I would assume, which is people going, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" It's just kind of like, huh. Mm-hmm. And then she walks over and starts to say a prayer. And then another character puts her hand on her shoulder and is like, it's, it's don't, like, you're not going to do it, basically. Yeah. Um, 
That, I feel bad saying it. That made me laugh. When I heard the big thump and then they went, huh. And she walked over huh. and kneeled next to him. Uh, I was laughing pretty hard at that. Good grief. Bone, you know, a shudder went through my very spirit at that scene. And I guess, again, like, it, it's nice that it isn't a a Pat-like story of like, oh, and then she believed in the power of prayer and mm-hmm. it saved that guy's life out of nowhere. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> for that reason, it also was just like such a bummer. But I think that like, I, I guess we're supposed to also take away the fact that for whatever reason, Cora doesn't think that she's a good person. She doesn't believe that she has value to the people in her life and therefore can't help people when they Mm -hmm, need her. mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so it's pointless. And so Mm -hmm. I guess the main thing that she gets besides being seen Mm -hmm. is that she finally feels like she can help people and that that's worth her time Mm -hmm. and that that actually has an effect on people too and like their lives, which is makes it all the more insane that her boyfriend who she like made him promise that she had actually helped him in his life and he ends up, it ends up being a lie. Um, That would have been fundamentally a big problem for her, you know, and like the big lesson she was supposed to learn. And yet she still is so excited to go meet up with him (laughs) at the end of the movie and like pick up their new life together. Also, the other thing that was crazy about that guy was her coworker was like, I think he's married because he moved here out of nowhere. You don't know where he lives. You don't know who his family, like he has no context at all. And that coworker is right. And I was like, agree. Yeah. And then it turns out to be like, nope, he's all good. (laughs) He's a good dude. Don't worry about it. Because before you find out that this is the son of the mother that she maimed accidentally in some fashion. We're not exactly sure. They do show a shot I love in any movie, Christian or not, which is him gazing lovingly at a picture of someone. But you don't know who the picture is of because it's shot an angle where it's like you can't even see the person's face. That's what that was. That's right. Yeah. And and it turns out it was his mommy, which I wish the idea of like... Who's the other woman? It's my mommy. It's my mommy. <laughs> I wish that was more of a common trope in movies. It's my mommy. <laughs> Who is she? Mom. It Who is just, I mean, we really, we really can't say enough how creepy this relationship is. Like, yes. he, there, there are many times where she says, like, don't come here. No, go away. She says, no. So many times, and he keeps appearing and showing up appearing. at her place of work. Um, and saying, like, We have a connection, we have a connection, There's yeah, literally special. stalker behavior, and really like forcing her into this relationship. And it just gives such a so the, the director and her husband they they met, whatever. This is not like the right message to send because <laughs> right. you're really saying like men if you tr- if you try hard enough you can force a re- a happy relationship. Yeah. Um, Under false and, pretenses. Yeah. As well. Um and I would like to assume that's not how her relationship happened with her husband at all. <laughs> you guys met in like a kind of interesting way like a meet cute okay. But you're really painting a picture. Literally, meat. It was a steakhouse. Okay, come on. <laughs> <laughs> a meat's cute. Um, you're really painting a picture of like, 
non-consent, I think. I don't know. It was just yeah. like, so there's parts of this movie where you're like, oh, this is funny and bizarre and weird and confusing. And then there's parts of it where you're like, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. Like, just danger. Dangerous. Get away. Yes, it's very dangerous. I feel like it could have been that story of like meeting each other through a call center could have been so cute. It could have yeah. been like he calls every day or something, you know, and they like flirt a little bit and make fun of each other or something. And then eventually they like meet outside somehow and it's all phone based. It could be a really like you got mail situation. Yeah. yeah or what's totally. that what's that movie with Halle Berry where she's the nine one one operator? Do you guys know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about? It came out like ten years ago. <laughs> Wasn't it called nine one one? I think it might have been. Uh yeah, the TV show. or is right. Hello My Name is Doris? Is that a call center movie? The <laughs> Sally Field movie? <laughs> There's, oh, yeah, the Michael Showalter, yeah. Sally Field movie. Yeah, I yeah. thought that might be a, a call center movie. There's yeah, two alts I wrote for the title of this. Uh, Dial 911 was one of them, and uh, <laughs> Righteous Limestones. Okay. <laughs> Dial P for prayer. Yeah. Yep. Gracious. Okay, well, I think we can go ahead and write this one. The way it works, Kevin, is we give it a holy toast or holy roast. We're spaced between. Holy toast is a thumbs up. That's when we send this movie all the way to heaven. Hey. Only roast is a thumbs down, which means it's going. Or if we don't want to send it to either of those places, we can send it to Purgatory, which is the space between. Caroline, we start with wow. you. Wow. Uh, holy roast for me. Um, not only yeah, condoning making turn stalker to boyfriend storyline is not cool. Um, also shaming a parent for trying to do sleep training with their infant is can be a lifesaver for some people. Don't, uh -huh. don't tell them that's wrong. Um, very scary. Uh, I am still working to fill the emptiness I feel after seeing this film. It's going to take a while. The big gulp is helping. Kevin's carrot squares are going to help a lot, too. <laughs> so we're going to work on that. I make carrot cake squares. I'm not like a, just like, here, Caroline, here's some <laughs> vegetables I cut. Cubes. <laughs> that would be funny if you were like always trying to feed me vegetables ah. when I came over. What are you trying to say? Anyway, um, so it, it's a roast for me. But like we said, a, a little more complexity, I guess, than I thought it was going to get. And that was appreciated. Interesting. We turn to Kevin. Uh, I, I go back and forth between purgatory and, and roast. But I know my answer. Um, the reason why I... Part of me leans Perg is because um, there's a line I think about all the time in season two of Euphoria, where uh, Maude Apatow's play is going horribly, and her and her assistant director says, it could be worse, it could be boring. I think about that a lot. I think it's a great line. As bizarre as this shit was, I don't think it was boring. It was not boring. I, I was engaged. Yeah. I was very engaged. A lot of it was because I was confused. But to be confused and captivated is an art, and I got to respect that. <laughs> but it gives some really bad messages that I do not condone. Um, if I, if um, uh, when Leah comes home from work and says, what'd you rate the movie? If I said purgatory, and if she watched it with me, she probably would go, really? And would <laughs> wait for me to defend it in a way that I wouldn't feel comfortable defending it. <laughs> <laughs> so for that reason, I'm gonna say holy roast. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm siding as I always do with Maude Apatow. <laughs> I'm gonna say 
space between because it was not boring for me. And I was yep. so compelled. I get it. And I do, I, I feel like if I saw this, and, and this isn't her first movie. She's made a few. She made one before this. She made at least one after this, Maggie Riley did. I was like, if this is your first movie, I'm like, oh, maybe if you got a little more money, a different editor, a different DP, there could be like a real, a real story to be mm-hmm. had here. Uh, or or whatever the 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 next at bat that she gets because this is not the work of countless people but it is the work of <laughs> people where it's like no you gotta you gotta put all the connective tissue in the movie yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. there's right ingredients throughout yeah the acting um, was great too I thought I, I like thought Brittany acting. Snow was very good and Bill Macy never bad it's just weird to think about the guy who's been in some of the best movies ever. Like yep. Fargo is also yeah. in Dial of Prayer. DP. <laughs> and I love the like like we said earlier, I love the premise of a call center. Like that is an office type show in another universe that has like six seasons right now. I'm sure there is a show like exactly. that. But a lot a of material there right now that that I was like, oh, this is fun. I kind of like this, but yeah. and Kevin, yeah, change the relationship, change a few other things, and I'm on board. Mm-hmm. Give us a little sneak peek. What were you eating when you watched the movie? I Eats. had... I made... Uh, what did I eat for lunch? Why can't I remember? Do you guys ever have that where it was like, this was two hours ago? Like All the time. All the time. Um, right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just had a bagel. It was kind of boring, to be honest. I did a... Nice. Uh, Toasted everything bagel with peanut butter. I'm a peanut butter guy. Peanut butter on a bagel? On an everything bagel? On an everything bagel. I know I'm normally a sour this cream guy. This guy's out of but, his um, gourd. Wow. Makes sense. He loves this here's movie. the thing. I like oh, the contrast of there. a toasted bagel with a nice iced coffee. Hell oh, yeah. See the condensation dripping down that Amen cup. Amen to that. Yeah. yeah. Like many mouths, Kevin is dripping for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Dripping with excitement. Dripping with excitement for this movie. <laughs> Okay, uh, it's time to bring it down. Let's hang up the phones. Let's turn off the call signs at the call center. We're dimming the lights. We're lighting the candles, Kevin. And we're not here to plug our projects or promote ourselves, but we're here to lift those things up to the Lord, including our projects, including our social media (laughs) handles, and including maybe something in the secular culture that you're enjoying. And we start with Caroline. You can lift me up at Caroline's Farts. Um, I'm going to lift up Jessica Simpson's autobiography, Open Book, which I just finished. Mm. And I feel like Christian culture, evangelical Christianity, really screwed the pooch when it came to her because she is so Christian. You have no idea. Is she very Christian in the book? Yes. Wow. I mean, she's like... She's not all the way towing the line, but throughout, especially in her early career, like she was wanting to serve the Lord. She went into music because she believes she had a call from God to use her voice to bring people to him. No joke. So she was like, they really missed out on her and tried to put her in the Britney category. She was Rebecca St. James. Like she was ready to love God. Anyway, um, but her book was also very fun to read and she's a good writer, so... You're looking for a good biography. Go and check that out. I heard I heard that about that book. Thanks, Fun. Caroline. We turn it to Kevin. Um, like I said earlier, you can check out my big video project I spent a lot of last year on called Where the Potty At, P-O-D-D-Y. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Um, 
I, speaking of coffee, during the pandemic have been like trying to learn about making better coffee because I'm not, I drink it every day. And back up a coffee can not ruin a day, but make it a lot worse. So I follow this guy and he's a YouTuber named James Hoffman. Uh, he's like a world-renowned barista. And he's just got this British accent and that's my British accent. And he talks about coffee in a way that I really like. And don't quote my British work. Um, you weird. like this guy? Uh, that's my British accent. It's just quiet, actually. Just quiet. Like, and I have peanut butter in my mouth for my everything bagel. Um, James Hoffman. I really like his YouTube channel. Also a tech podcast called Waveform that I really like. Um, kind of keep me up to date with all the tech stuff that's going on. Um, and those are my two. So yeah, where the potty at? I'm on Instagram at Kevin J. Bartelt and Twitter at Kevin J. Bartelt. I dropped the letterbox, King. What's but that But the letterbox you, is more, most important. And you better believe I dropped the J. Cleaner. I got Kevin Bartelt on there. Nice. Um, and you can read all of those amazing reviews we were discussing earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Wait, and uh, what was your girlfriend's website again? Rollyhog.com. R-O-L-L-Y-H-O-G. We had a hedgehog named Rolly, which she named the company after for five years. And now we have a hedgehog named Clippy, an albino hedgehog. You do? Um, he's her little he's her little little assistant. Um, so you can Aww. see little videos of us playing with him on Instagram all the time. Um, he's a little he's a little cute boy. Um, you can buy her hat that says, I believe in karma, except for when bad things happen to me. Um, <laughs> that's also available. That's great. Oh, damn. All right. Thank you, Kevin. You can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere, Peloton, Letterbox, Instagram, OnlyFans. I'll lift up. Uh, <laughs> you said you referenced Babylon earlier mm-hmm. in the conversation, Caroline. You mm-hmm. saw it. I did. I'm going to lift up. Even if you never see the movie, just listen to the soundtrack by Justin Hurwitz who is a composer. He's also a writer. He's a staff writer in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, whoa. He's a comedy writer, and he only scores Damien Chazelle's movies. So he's done Whiplash, La La Land, First Man, and Babylon. Babylon is like, like it's like acid, hip-hop jazz through a 1920s aesthetic. It kind of sounds like 30 Rock at times. It just won good. the venerated Golden Globe for best score of the year. And oh. I think it's a very good standalone listen even if you can't sit through three hours and eight minutes of uh, poop and pee, which that movie is. And I, to me, Babylon is a four quadrant movie. Poop, pee, cum, vomit. Vomit, yeah. All four are in Babylon. They are. And you can watch it and if you blood. want to. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a five quadrant movie. Damn. Wow. You can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere, patreon.com slash goodchristianfun, and leave us... A review at Apple Podcasts. Every review you leave, we donate a dollar to charity. This month's charity is... This month's charity is Downtown Women's Center. Helping women here in LA. Downtown's... I've donated to that. Yes, downtownwomenscenter.org if you want to check them out. Hell yeah. Kevin, thank you so much thank for you, joining Kevin. us on the show, thank buddy. Thank you, this was so yes, fun. Thanks for spending your time watching nice Dial a Prayer. Time. You're the best. Can't wait to dial you again very soon. Next time you have a fire. Just kidding. You're not going to have one. Oh, my God. We don't wish that upon you. Thanks, Kev. Fun chatting with you. (laughs) 
there's nothing left to say except for, okay, okay I, I love, love you, Emma. Emma. Amen. Amen. And in lieu of any songs I can actually remember from the soundtrack, which is not a very Christian soundtrack, we're going to just play Like a Prayer by Madonna. Look for the upcoming biopic movie starring Julia Garner. We'll see how that goes. Too soon. Oh, maybe a little too soon. All right. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.